Well, welcome to another episode of the Psalm 51 podcast. I'm your host, Riley Pate, co-host, best friend, pastor, mentor, all of the above. Uh, Brother David Jackson here with me. This is a ministry that is in partnership with uh, Fallen in Grace Ministries based out of Tennessee and also a ministry of the Old Country Church at Lafette. Uh, we are located just east of Pittsburgh, and we are a restoration church. Uh, that was kind of the crux behind this podcast. And I just want to reach out and let people know that no matter what is going on in your life, there is restoration made possible. Yeah, absolutely. We, we want to be a help to those who have fallen into sin, those who are living in sin, uh, and want to come back to Jesus. We'd like to talk about uh, how how to come back, how you can come back to Jesus after you have fallen. Uh, in Luke chapter 15, the prodigal had left his father's house when was living in a far country, the Bible says, a country that was not good, a country that he chose to live in sin away from his father. And uh, he had become so alone, separated from his father, separated from his family. He had gone so far into sin that he was living with the pigs, and no man, the Bible says, gave unto him. And uh, so we, we find out many times in our life that when we do fall into sin, uh, people love us as long as we've got something to offer them. Yeah. But when we no longer have anything to offer them, uh, they're the worst enemies we can have. They don't want yeah. anything to do with us. But, but God's not that way. God yeah. always loves you. God always wants you. And sometimes in our life, uh, our life becomes like a pigsty. Uh, we've gone as far as we can possibly go away from the Lord. We have lived in the pleasure of sin, the Bible says, for a season only to find ourselves at a dead-end road. So what do we do now? What do we mm. do once we've got to that point? Well, and, and I wanted to real quick touch on a couple things. You know, it says that no man uh, gave uh, unto him. Mm -hmm. you know, and, and you touched on the fact that, you know, people are there, and then when we sin, they kind of pull out. That's why the Bible says there's pleasure in sin for a season. Mm -hmm. Because when that season's up, the friends are gone, the money's gone, yeah. the fun is over. Yeah. And then, you know, he, he winds up, like you said, in that pigsty. What a terrible place. And yet we've all been there. We have. And uh, we want you to know today that if you're a pastor, if you're a preacher, an evangelist, a lay person uh, sitting in the pew, if you've been living in sin, you're tired of that lifestyle and you want to get your life right with God, but don't know what to do, then you listen to us closely this morning as we want to deal on the subject of how to uh, be restored back to the Lord. And the prodigal was living in sin, and the Bible says there arose a famine uh, in the land, and he began to be in want. Mm -hmm. uh, it's amazing that when we get our get our life in that predicament. When we've gone so far into sin, uh, we begin to be in want. In want of what? Well, uh, what, it, what is it in your life that uh, you want? Mm. Now, now that you're living in sin, you're tired of it. What is it you want? Well, the, the prodigal remembered how good he had it uh, at his father's house. Yeah. Uh, as Christians, uh, when we get so far into sin... It's good that we remember how good God was to mm -hmm. us, how good it was to be under his house in the church. And uh, um, he knew he was unworthy to go back to his father because of his sinful lifestyle. Yeah. 
And, and that's where many of us are today. When we fall into sin, uh, we, we believe that we're so unworthy, God will never want us back. Mm-hmm. But nothing could be further from the truth. Oh, no, not at all. And, and, and I like that uh, phrase that the Bible uses there. He began to be in one. Mm-hmm. And we talk about what's the one in our life. For some of us, it's, you know, that God starts taking away finances. Some of us, it's he starts taking away comfort. Whatever, yeah. the, whatever it is in our life, it's kind of holding us together and allowing us to think, oh, I can sin and still hold on to this. Yeah. Um, but, but that's really a case of addition by subtraction, if you will. And here, here's what I mean by that. God is doing his best work when he takes all that, that away, and the only thing you have left is him. Because yep. you're looking around in that pig pen, and you're going, okay, this is stinky. This, this isn't fun. Everybody's gone. I have nothing left of my name. But now it's just me and God. And he is willing not to walk away, not to give up, but willing to forgive and restore. And that's a, a wonderful thing. Yeah, you know, the, the prodigal, he uh, he looked back to his father and his home life, and he longed to have that relationship once again that he knew with his father. And when, when we as Christians, when we fall into sin, we many times we want to come back for the wrong reasons mm-hmm. because we do have nothing. We are in want, and whatever it takes, to get back to that lifestyle, we'll do it. But what we should desire more than anything is to restore that relationship with God. Yes. If we if we can do that, God is willing and ready and waiting for you to come back to Him. Well, we can't stress the importance of that relationship enough. I've said it before and I'll say it again. If nothing else gets changed in your life and all it is is that you come back to the Father and you come back and get that relationship right. And you don't necessarily get all your money back. Mm-hmm. You don't necessarily get your lifestyle back. You don't necessarily get friends back. But you get that back, that's all that matters. Yeah. Because when that is right, everything else is going to go exactly according uh, to God's plan, right. which ultimately is the most important thing in our life. Yeah, and so the question arises uh, to those of you who are listening, those of you who are living in sin, and, and your question would be, okay, I want to go back to God, so now what do I do? And so we got some practical things. Number one, you need to realize, uh, we need to realize what we've done. Bible says that the prodigal son came to himself, and, and really what that means is that the reality, not only of what he had done, but also the weight of the consequences had finally gotten to a point where it all came crashing down, and he had, as we would say, hit rock bottom. Mm-hmm. And he realized that wasn't worth it. That wasn't the right thing to do. I have nothing left to my name. Yeah, a lot of people say, well, what does that mean to come to myself? Well, he did. The Bible says he came to himself. In other words, he had gotten so low. He had gotten so far into sin. There was nowhere else to turn, nowhere else, no mm-hmm. one else to go to. And, and yet... He had to get to that point in his life. If you're, if you're listening and, and you've been living in sin, you've fallen away from God as a, as a child of God, and you want to return, you must come to yourself. You must realize that, that it is a dead-end road that you're on. There's nowhere else to go, no one else to turn to but our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And he will forgive your sins. He is, he is there. 
he is waiting on you uh, to be returned, but you must come to yourself in order to be restored. Well, I, I do want to say here also that when you come to yourself and you realize you know, what you've done and, and the consequences that have come about because of it, Satan's going to creep in. <laughs> yeah. And when he does, he's going to tell you, okay, well, you know what you've done. You know what you've lost. And that's just too too far. You've gone too too far down the road. And that's just a trick. That's just Satan using that, trying to accuse you over and over and over again so that you won't move forward from that point. That you'll just stay there, feel sorry for yourself. Because that's where a lot of people get. They get to that point of realizing, but then Satan attacks them and they fall into these uh, seasons of depression and self-pity and thinking, okay, I've ruined my life. I've been there where you thought, okay, it's that's it. Right. I've ruined it. I, I'll never get another chance again. And, and nothing could be further from the truth. Yeah. But that's how Satan uses this very important period because really coming to yourself is the beginning. That's the first step. And that's when the light comes on and God begins to do a work in you through the Holy Spirit of conviction and, and just kind of opening our eyes to it. But... Like I said, Satan comes dive-bombing into that, and sadly, a lot of people uh, let Satan wreck the process because of his attacks on them during that very important time. Yeah, we, we live in a society today that, that uh, uh, thrives off of non-truth, thrives off of lies, uh, whether it be our government, whether it be uh, whomever, uh, our society, the social media, uh, there is never real truth. We know that the Bible tells us that that Satan is the father of all lies. Mm-hmm. So don't don't believe those who say you cannot be used of God again. Yeah. Don't believe those who say you've you've fallen into sin and there's no way back. That that's a lie of the devil. Uh, though the world and though many, unfortunately, in churches today would have you believe that. That's a lie straight out of hell. Yes. Uh, there is a way back to God. There is a way back to be used of God. Mm-hmm. And if we uh, as as Christians, if we as pastors, um, if we would only get the truth out there rather than telling somebody a lie, mm-hmm. uh, we would see more people coming back to church. We yes. must receive them as a father, as, as a prodigal's father received him with open arms, went and hugged him and fell on his neck and accepted him back as his son. That's the way we must accept those who have fallen back into the church and back into the graces of God. Yeah, we we have got to remember that this coming to ourself, if you're one that's fallen, remember that's just the first step. That's not God's hammer of justice coming down on you or judgment. That is God's loving work through the Holy Spirit of conviction and restoration in you. And if you are a, a, someone who is in the church and somebody has come to themselves and they come back, mm-hmm. realize that that's just the beginning of a process now that's going to, to take place in their life. And we don't need to shun them the minute that they walk through the door, even though they may, you know, metaphorically stink, may, even though they may have all the stains, if you will, of the pig pen and of the sinful life. That doesn't mean anything. That simply means here's someone who has come to themselves, they've been convicted, uh, God is doing a work, now they're on that road of coming back to him. Now the second thing that needs to take place when you 
fall under that conviction. You come to yourself. You realize what's going on. You need to go back home. Uh, you, you, and, and I know that that sounds cliche, but it's so true. The being of verse number 18 says, uh, this is the prodigal talking to himself. He says, I will arise and go to my father. He yeah. was going back home. He was going back home. That's where he wanted to go. Yes. Uh, he didn't know if his father would accept him back or not, but he thought if he could just be as a servant mm-hmm. to his father, be fed from his father's kitchen, that that would be good enough. And he remembered what it was like at the father's house. Yeah. If you're somebody who's you know been saved and you've just gone down that rabbit trail of sin, think about the day you got saved. Yeah. Go back to that time. Remember how on fire you were for the Lord. Remember the days, weeks, and maybe even months, or possibly even years that followed that where you served God and you got to see people get saved. You got to see people be discipled. You got to see people grow spiritually. And you got to be a part of that process. And you remember what it was like to sit under the preaching of God's word and fall under conviction have God work in your life. Remember what that was like. And the minute that you start thinking about that, I can guarantee you this. The minute you start thinking about that, your first thought is going to be, I need to go back there. I need to go back home. Yeah, we, we need to, uh, if, if you're that person who is living in sin right now, stop and think about the fault in your life. And the Bible mm-hmm. says we all have faults. Mm-hmm. Stop and think about the fault that's in your life that caused you to fall, that caused you to fall into sin. Think about what it is. Uh, we, we all have them. Uh, I hate to use the word, but we all have skeletons in our closet. Mm-hmm. Uh, we all have past sins that that haunt us all the time. But stop and think about that one fault, that one sin that overtook you, mm-hmm. that caused you to succumb to falling into sin and living the life you're living right now. Find out what that is. Turn it over to God. Give it to Him. Confess it to Him that is a fault of yours and it is a sin. And I promise you, the Bible says that He will forgive us Yes. Our sins. And he will forgive you. Yes, we, we shouldn't be afraid when the thought comes to our mind that I need to go back home. We shouldn't do that out of fear. No. Uh, we shouldn't do it with a sense of trepidation. We ought to do it with a sense of I'm going to the place that can get me right. I'm going back to the Father, yep. and he can fix all of this, and he can do a work in me now that would be even greater than the work that he did before. Uh, so we need to go back home. The, the, the third thing here, we need to be humble uh, when we return. Let's look at the end of uh, verse number 18. This is all in Luke chapter 15, by the way, if you're trying to follow along here. He says, uh, And will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee, and am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. He was humble. Yeah. He wasn't going back making demands. When we come back to the Lord, we ought, we shouldn't come back and say, well, God, I, I know I've done this, but remember all the great things I did before, you know, so just let this one go, and then we're going to get back right back on track. No, the, the prodigal son didn't go back with his past successes. He went back with the intention of saying, listen, uh, Dad, I know that I have messed up. I know I've embarrassed you. I know that I have done things to create uh, friction and a chasm, if you will, between you and I and, and and broken some of the links of the chain of our relationship. 
And so I'm just asking to be a lowly, humble servant. I'm not even asking to be put back uh, where I once was. And that's the type of attitude uh, that we ought to take. That we ought to go back saying, you know, I realize what I have done. And I know that I'm not worthy of what I'm asking. But I also realize you're the only person that can help at this point. Yeah, and we must realize that in coming back to the Lord and getting right with Him, many times it's because uh, you have a broken marriage, uh, maybe because uh, you lost your uh, position in the church Mm -hmm. uh, that God has called you to do, and what we must understand, just like the prodigal, when he went back to the father, he didn't, he didn't put any demands on him, uh, on the father. He didn't expect anything from the father. He was willing to be as a hired servant. And when you come back to the Lord after a fall, listen, just because you get right with God doesn't mean everybody in your life is going to accept it. Yeah. Don't, don't expect that your wife is going to come back to you. Mm. Don't expect that your kids are going to accept you. But our most important aspect of someone who has fallen into sin is to get our relationship back right with God first and foremost Mm -hmm. and let God do the rest. And when we're humble with God, that really takes away the weapons of our detractors. Yeah. Because they can't go back and say, well, they're just flaunting themselves. They can't go back and say, well, they're doing this and doing that as if nothing ever happened. Now, they may accuse you of that, but there will be no evidence to it because when somebody goes to investigate those claims or those accusations, they'll see somebody who's humble. Uh, they'll see somebody... Uh, who is simply saying, Father, I, I'm not worthy of this, yeah. uh, but I want to undergo this process in it. And just as we're humble with God, we need to be humble with people. Uh, you, there are going to be people who are genuine, that they're going to come and they're going to ask a genuine question, not in accusation, not in trying to hurt you, but they're going to ask a genuine question. And your best response is going to be, yes, I messed up, yes, I fell, but me and God are working this out. I'm going through... A process. Don't beat your chest. Don't, you know, try and justify anything. Simply reply with that. And 99% of the time, that kind of eases everything that that people look and go, oh, well, what can I say to that? What's the response? Now, you're still going to have those people who, 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 no matter what you do, are going to come after you. I'm not saying that's going to fix all your uh, naysayers' problems. But I am saying that they, they have nothing against you. They can say what they want to, but if somebody ever investigates those claims, they'll simply find somebody who, like that prodigal son, is standing before the father going, I just want to be a lowly, humble servant. I I don't want a seat at the big table. I'm not asking for anything grand. I'm not claiming to be something I'm not. I'm simply coming to you as someone who has sinned and wanting to get right. Yeah, uh, just just like I I mentioned a while ago that you, you can't expect everybody to accept your coming back, mm-hmm. your return to the Lord. Not everybody will. But, but having said that, remember that when you're right with God, when you get right with God and he forgives you and accepts you back uh, into his graces, nothing is impossible for God. Yeah. God can put marriages back together. 
God can put relationships back together. Mm -hmm. And uh, we must believe that he is God and that he can do all things. I, I, I love the scriptures. I can do all things through Christ, yes. which strengtheneth me, not through ourselves, not through our own flesh, not by our own wants in our life, or our needs in our life, but through the Lord Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. If we're right with him and we're in a right relationship with him, there's nothing impossible for God. And so we, we, we must, above anything else, come back to Jesus, come to ourselves, confess our sins, and get right with God. And, and you mentioned a while ago that, that um, when, we, when people accuse us of doing wrong, now there's going to be, there's gonna be uh, tales that you did this and you did that and, and, and things that you never did. But what we must own up to is, I'm guilty. Yes. I'm guilty. Regardless of what you say, I'm guilty. But at the same time, when you come back to God, you can say, I've been forgiven. That's right. The people don't need to know what you've done. Mm -hmm. Oh, they, they think they know. But people don't need to know the nitty-gritty of your sin. All we have to do is say, I'm guilty. Yep. And, and God has forgiven. And move forward. And move forward. And then the final thing we wanted to leave you with on a high note here is you, when you come back, you need to accept forgiveness and restoration. Look at verse uh, 20. He arose and came to his father, but when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion, mm. ran, fell on his neck, and kissed him. And the son said unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight, and am no more worthy to be called thy son. Yep. But the father said to his servants, Bring forth the best robe and put it on him and uh, put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet and bring hither the fatted calf and kill it and let us eat and be merry. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found and they began to be uh, merry. Now, that's not at all the reception that the prodigal son expected. He no. thought, hey, the, the swift hammer of justice is coming down on me, but I'm going to accept that. I'm going to move on. And, and we struggle with the fact that God doesn't do that mm -hmm. because that's what we expect. So yeah. we go into it with a mentality of I've got to pay penance. You know, I've got to, I've got to do this, this, and this. And so we struggle sometimes to accept the fact that God just says, okay, thanks for coming back. Yep. Welcome to the fold. I'm going to forgive you. We're going to walk through this together, and I'm going to yep. love you, and I'm going to put everything back on you that, that identifies you as a child of God. And so... We, we sometimes get caught up, and this is, a, again, another attack of Satan, but we get caught up in this kind of tunnel, if you will, of darkness where we think, okay, I've got to keep reliving this. I've got to keep punishing myself because if I do that, then finally I can say that I've done enough to, to pay for my past. But we simply need to accept what God's doing here. Yeah, we, we cannot allow... Uh, the lies of the devil or those such as the elder brother with the prodigal son, we can't allow them to dictate uh, how worthy or, or not worthy we are. Of course, none of us are worthy of the graces of God, and yet God still forgives. Yes. God still loves you, and if you're out there today and, and you're looking to be restored to Jesus Christ, if you're tired of your sins, if you have fallen as low as you can go, there is hope in Jesus Christ. There is restoration uh -huh. in Jesus Christ. And, and uh, regardless of what your critics say, regardless of what uh, they 
they say about you, regardless of whether your family uh, or, or anybody else accepts you back, Jesus will accept you. Jesus wants you back. And uh, Jesus still has a purpose for your life. If you will turn it over to him, I promise you, God will restore you. Yes, and we just need to live in that. We live in that to, joy. Yeah. Because if not, uh, you'll never fully be able to move on in your life until you just accept it. You, you're not. You're going to keep going back in your mind yeah. and re hashing everything and saying, well, if this and if that, and look at who I hurt, and look at this, and if you listen to everybody who comes back and tries to do that to you, you will never, you'll be stuck in the mud of that pig pen, unable to move forward, yeah. and that's not what God wants. No, God wants us to come back, and he wants to love on us, and he wants to restore us and do a work in us, and like I said earlier, that work that he does post-restoration, right, post-fall yep. uh, and return, is greater even than the work that he did before. That's right. You know, because now we've got a testimony of saying, I know what you're going through because I've been there. I understand the pain. I understand, you know, how easy it is to fall because, you know, we as pastors and evangelists and things, we tend to sometimes get caught so spiritual, you know, with ourselves and so heavenly minded that, you know, as it's been said before, that you're no earthly good. But even in the sense of pointing the finger of, well, you know, this, and, and that's just so easy to avoid. But then when you go through it, you realize, now that's easy to fall into. It, it, it's, you know, something that can happen to any of us. Mm-hmm. And, and then when those people are trying to come back, you know, not only do we tend to push them away, but we tend to kind of negate some of the herd and, and, and the things and say, well, you're not the victim here. But there is even an internal pain you know, that, that they have to deal with. And so when you've dealt with that yourself, now you're in a position to counsel somebody who's done the same. Yeah, you know, I think one of the biggest problems, one of the biggest hindrances uh, as a, a servant of the Lord is we don't look at ourselves as servants. Mm-hmm. Uh, others don't look at us. Many times a pastor, an evangelist or preacher, will uh, allow himself to be put up on a pedestal. Yes. Uh, with, sometimes we put ourselves on a pedestal mm-hmm. that we should not put. That we're going to get knocked. We're off. We're going to get knocked off of. Yeah. And so uh, that causes us when we get knocked off. It causes people to look at us in a different way. Why? Well, I looked at you to this great preacher, this great couple who was up on that pedestal, and and now you've fallen off. Well, yes, we've fallen off, and because we should never have been on that pedestal to start with, mm-hmm. we never should allow ourselves to get in that position. We ought to be like the prodigal and be willing. Uh, it doesn't matter if you're just now going into the ministry. Do not ever allow yourself to be put on a pedestal, but be a humble servant of God. That's what we must be, is that humble servant. And, and if you've fallen into sin, when you come back to God, you come back as a humble servant, not as somebody who used to be high and mighty, somebody who used to preach the word and, and everybody just looked up to you and, and uh, thought highly of you. We must be a humble servant unto God. And uh, that's the only way God will accept us back. Well, and, and you and I both know preachers who you know, had great platforms fail, but yeah. now that God's given them another great platform. And a great one. And, and, and I, I mean, just a tremendous help. Yeah. Uh, but 
those people still don't thump their chest. No. Say, now look at my, you know, here I am, I'm right back on this big stage and these big platforms and in in these certain circles. They continue, that that same humble spirit continues to live in them and to dwell and they continue to walk out their humility realizing that just because you've been restored doesn't mean that another fault's not going to, or even that same fault's not going to reappear and that, you know, the... The tremors are going to shake, but now you've got something to fall back on that, hey, I've been restored and God's with me in this. Yeah, we, we must protect ourselves at all times from uh, things like that. We, we, we should never get too high and mighty for God because uh, God can't use us like that, and there will come a fall if mm-hmm. we do. Yes. And uh, we must always remember that uh, we are a servant of God, that we are put up on this earth, to be a servant, to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. And, and uh, we, we ought not ever allow ourselves to get put into a position or, or want more uh, than what God wants for our life. Yeah. Uh, many pastors, uh, nothing wrong with pastoring a great big church, but we ought not ever let that, that prestige go to our head and put us up on a pedestal that we cannot stand on. Yeah. Uh, we must be that humble servant, always serving others as we serve the Lord. And we hope that this episode has been a help to you. Yeah. If you're a pastor, evangelist, or layperson that has fallen, we want you to know that there is help. You can contact us on the Old Country Church at Lafette yes. uh, Facebook page. All of our information is on there. You can get a hold of Brother David or myself, either one, and uh, we will help you. And if there's something more that you need, we have uh, the resources necessary to get you in touch with people uh, that can help walk you through this process. But more than anything, we want to be an encouragement Mm -hmm. to you to help you realize that if you end up in the pig pen, get up, come back with a spirit of humility, and the Father is waiting for you. Go to church tomorrow morning. It's going to be Sunday. Have a great weekend. God bless. Amen.